You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, SB Nation? It's the Big Blur episode number three. Uh, I am Rob Coletti, a.k.a. Bobby. I'm here with my co-host, Millard Banky, the banker doodle dandy. That's Bill me. Banky. What's up, Bill? Hey, Rob. What's going on? How are you doing? Good, man. We have a special guest today I'm really excited about. Uh, your friend, and now mine too, uh, somebody who I'm a huge fan of, uh, comic genius, and guitar playing extraordinaire, the one and only SNL alum, Luke Null. What's up, brother? A lot of people don't know this, but I'm the one and only alum from that show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only one. I, yeah, yeah, I like there not being a comma there, that it's just the one and only alum. He's the only one that got fired and the only one who, yeah, who can claim <laughs> alum status. Yeah. That's Thank great. you for having me. Of course, Luke. We, you're a big baseball fan, Luke, and... uh that's great. We, I know we've talked a lot about baseball before. We we've uh, last year we considered going to a spring training game with the Reds and the White Sox. Obviously, that didn't happen because of uh, the coronavirus. Yeah, the but... world got too cool. What's yes, that? it did. Yeah, what's well, the coronavirus? Uh, so, so, Luke, you were born in Cincinnati or around the Cincinnati area, and you grew up a Reds fan. Uh, tell That's us true. a little bit about your experience there. Games, baseball. Uh, did sure. you play? So. Grew, uh, born in Cincinnati proper for sure. Uh, you know, grew up Reds and Bengals. Those are the teams of the town. So it's just a really great sports city. That's, uh, my entire life has been an absolute curse and nightmare. Um, I think underrated Cincinnati is the worst professional sports city. I think that there is right now. I think it's the most pained. And I'll say part of the part of the pain comes in in us not being like renowned for pain. It, like part of the pain comes in people just don't even care. Like we're just not, you know what I mean? Like the Browns in Cleveland, they get a lot of, you know, they get a lot of uh love for being the lovable losers, but it's like they've went to 150 NBA finals during my lifetime, won a championship. The Indians have been to world series, you know, they've lost them. Sure. But they've been, the Reds have not won a playoff series since 1994. The Bengals have not won a playoff game since 1990 the year i was born so my entire life of reds fandom and Bengals fandom has been just horrible just (laughs) luke i was fun the whole time 
I will say that the Reds did win the World Series your birth year, right? That is true. That is true. But that was before 1994, whereas, which was the last time they right, won a, right. any series. Yeah. In my, in my lifetime, the Cincinnati Reds, we, we you know, we're coming a hot t- 2021, right? We're coming up on a, on a, just going to be a great season, I'm sure. But that shortened season, tell you what. As far as red seasons go, we're, we were coming off of the sixth most losingest years in Cincinnati Reds history, which we are, of course, and we like to say it a lot, the first professional baseball team, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. The, the Cincinnati Reds, the, it, opening day in Cincinnati is a, like, craziness they shut down downtown it is like a big event and then people stop giving a shit immediately when they remember that we're terrible um, <laughs> can i ask yeah. you can i ask you so our, our editor oh, you too. do you do have you do have skyline chili yeah that's exactly we, what i was gonna ask yes absolutely we got no, the chili else? got the chili uh but i'll tell you what I, you know I, I i've had to do lived in chicago for years and i've had to defend um Skyline, you know, and all of the pl- cities I've lived in. But I do think that if any city should be like not hard on it, it would be Chicago. It's like, shut up. Like you guys, like it's both, it's drunk food. You know what I mean? No one's being like, it's really good stuff. Like it's like equivalent of Taco Bell, but also the chili is, is, is the thing that people get weird about. It's not chili, right? It's meat sauce, right? It's a basically a condiment. Like you would not get a bowl of Skyline chili straight. Like You're you not would with all- me, sir. I've had a bowl of Skyline chili straight and it's you, delicious. You can do it and it is delicious, but it would be basically the same as ordering a bowl of marinara sauce and being like this, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's mostly only old people that get that. And also uh, it bites a, a homemade colon cleanse, but it's, it, oh yeah, it'll clean you out. It'll clean you out. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be good on I, the way I, out. I got to spend a little time in Cincinnati and it, first of all, it's a really beautiful city. Like it's cute. Yeah. Cute little but, river town. Yeah. But I, I will say I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised with Skyline and I went not once, not twice, but thrice in a week. You know, then you're doing it right. Now I'll tell you what they don't tell you about Skyline is that the chili is not the star. It's really is it's a half pound of finely grated sh- shredded cheddar cheese delivery system. In any in anything they do, it's all about the heaping pile of cheddar that they put on it. And if you have a problem with that, get out of America. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, or, le- so that- or at least get out of the Midwest because you know cheese is our state bird, man. Yeah. Uh, so you went to Chicago after college uh, to do mm-hmm. comedy there. Um, Tell us a little bit about that experience. Uh, I know a little bit about that just because we sure. met each other. I don't. I'm learning. Where'd you go to college? Uh, so I went to school at OU, the Ohio University. So wow. Good for you. Not, not the Ohio State, but we were, we're the reason they have to overcompensate and, and say the because uh, we were older than them and worse in every way. We are worse in every way, <laughs> but more fun, I would say. Um uh, when I was in school, ha- did a lot of comedy, did, learned a lot of improv stuff, and I had l- some coaches that told me if I wanted to keep doing comedy after school that uh, as far as sketch and improv, Chicago is the mecca, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of great theaters there. Bill and I met doing comedy in Chicago. Um, we, you know, did it all over the place. I.O., R.I.P., just closed down during during COVID. Uh, but yeah, we, we performed at CIC theater and playground and all these other fun places, um, that, you know, I'm sure are struggling right now, but you know, I hope, I hope they come out on the other end of it and that the scene isn't, isn't dead. Cause it's a great place to, to be young and, uh, you know, it really yeah. is. And I'm, I'm bummed you and I never crossed paths. Uh, I, know. I, I, I spent a good amount of time in the second city and a Bravo Olympic. And, uh, obviously I've known Bill for over a decade. Uh, so the fact that we're now just meeting digitally I'm sorry. in a podcast is a little sad, but I'm happy it's finally happening. Rob, you hey. went to Broadway when Luke was coming in. Well, oh, snap. Hold yeah. on. No, you know, let's not, we're not going to start stacking who's done what here more. But hey. There's a clear winner in the chat. Yeah, True. I haven't been and able it's... to do Broadway. And so Rob has me there. And so he yeah. takes the <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Uh, I did okay. live near Broadway. Yeah, yeah, you know, like 151st. 
Yeah. Um, Luke, I'm going to jump it back to Chicago a little bit. You lived in Wrigleyville. And being a Reds fan, RIP, 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 being a Reds fan in Wrigleyville has to be pretty tough because I know as a White Sox fan living in Wrigleyville, although I'm a huge baseball fan and I love baseball, obviously seeing Cubs jerseys everywhere was always a hard, heartbreak. Um, tell us, yeah, tell us about that. Not a lot of, not a lot of bars sell jerseys for their business. Yeah, you know what? I'll tell you what, that, that is something like moving to a city, uh, Chicago, obviously great sports city. Um, has the benefit of having so many teams so that if one of your teams has a terrible year, you could, like, if the Bulls weren't having a great year, you only have to wait two more months, you know, until baseball starts or whatever, and until hockey starts, whatever it is, you can hop off to whatever Chicago team is relevant at the time. And, and that is, but I'll tell you what, like, the Sox, I kind of felt a kinship to the Sox. It bonding over a mutual hatred of the Cubs. You know what I mean? I was like, now this I can get behind. And I definitely got to go see a lot of, um, Reds, Cubs games at, uh, at, at Wrigley because I live like two blocks away pretty much, two and a half, I guess. And but, uh, there's a, a very storied history of the rivalry between the Cubs and the Reds. Uh, what, who was, who was the, the pitcher, uh, or the the batter who um uh started the fight with uh was it who was it Kyle Farnsworth? Uh, you know what how many? How, what year? What year? I mean, we, that was early two thousands. I couldn't even remember the the batter, but I see, remember we, that fight. we we've moved on to fighting the pirates all of the time. That's yeah. now the the team we fight all the time nonstop. So oh my gosh, I forgot about that Farnsworth. Big attitude with that guy. I mean, I have a memory, one of my fondest memories, cause I would always go catch at least one game of a, of a red series in, in Wrigley whenever they were in town, right? And I remember one time my buddy comes over and he's like, do you want, I was like, we, we don't need to rush. Like we can get there in the second inning or whatever, you know, so we can just walk right in and sit, you know, kind of see if we can move down and grab a better seat, you know, R- R- Wrigley uh, hacks, right? And yeah. so he's like, okay, do you want to, do you want to smoke or something? And I was like, Oh no, no, I don't want to do that because I'm on the podcast and I don't want to say that that's what we did. So we didn't do that. <laughs> um, but we went to the game in a uh, rough shape. And by the time we arrived, it was the bottom of the first inning and the reds were down nine to zero <laughs> in, in the first inning or like about the start of the second inning. And I'm like, God damn, like right away, you know, the Cubs fans were just, miserable just just horrible towards so we're like we, we we stayed for like two innings and got the hell out of there but you but it's almost basically a full game of baseball and then on top of that another eight innings of baseball yeah and i and i feel like i lived there during their kind of rise to power so like the first year i lived in wrigleyville was great because the cubs were terrible and it was quiet by the middle of august and then i was kind of there when they went to the nlcs and i was like this is horrible and then the year after that there was their world series win. And that was like crazy. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy to live there. It was like a human river and it was, it was miserable. <laughs> so you moved, you moved from Chicago to New York for SNL. I did. Um, yeah. And then you were on SNL for a season. Um, mm-hmm. If you had to pick, would you pick if uh, a kinship to either the Yankees or the Mets, which one would you rather? I, I went to and saw games at both and they are like the stereotype is is real you know what i mean like yankee stadium is great and cool and not saying that the mets stadium isn't nice but when we were there it i've never seen a game get rained on so hard like a thunderstorm like torrential sheets of rain and not be canceled you know what i That's mean like funny. it was yeah. like this horrific rainstorm and i was like we're, they're not going to play tonight. It, this is insane. And they, and they came back out and played and it was just the, the dumbest, worst thing. It was a miserable experience. And that, I, but the other, I, I got to go to the Yankee, Yankee stadium and I got to sit in Lorne Michaels' seats and he literally has like front row behind the, the catcher seat, like the best seats on planet earth. Does and he go to the, I mean, he goes, he, go, yeah. I mean, he didn't, not to everyone, but he, he goes and, yeah. 
but those seats are insane. And I took my uh, aunt and uncle and my fiance now, uh, and we watched. It was an it was Indians uh, Yankees, and it was just crazy to be able to sit there. Like my uncle came, turned to me, he's like, he, he's he's a huge baseball fan, big Reds fan. He's like. This is the, this is maybe the best day of my life. <laughs> he was very earnest. He was um, no, and I relate to that because, uh, when I actually, when I was doing Book of Mormon, I got to, um, go with Ben Platt when he sang the national anthem at Milwaukee Stadium and we got to sit in the owner's seats because the owner knows his dad. That's how we got invited to sing the national anthem. Dang. And we literally sat in the first two rows, this whole group of us right on the field. Uh, looking at look, the entire game, and then halfway through the game, the owner of the, the Milwaukee Brewers came over to us and walked us over to the shop and like got us all free jersey and hat. And I turned to Ben and said, "It's the best day I've had in a really long time." I mean, it's that—that's the effect that having like that sort of a relation to a good baseball yeah. game can have on a person. I I remember I still have this like little video of um a batter hitting a foul ball like a just like a kind of a tip foul tip that would have hit me in my soul. Like it would have hit me like square between right between my eyes. And we still have a video of like the TV cut of, of it hitting the net right in front of my face. And I remember being like, Whoa, like I, my yeah. life flashed before my eyes, but I was like, Oh, you can definitely die. Simon Birch style. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I remember I got, I got, when I was playing little league once I got pegged in the head and I just laid at home plate for about three minutes, just kind of being like, this is it. How, this is the end. I don't know yeah. if I tell this story, but I'm gonna. When I was when I was playing, uh, like the fir- the first year when competitive baseball was getting really big, I think it was like 12 or 13. This kid that I played baseball with named Connor took a pitch to the upper lip. He had braces, and half of his upper lip was hanging off of his. Oh, head. I don't oh. know if that's too much gore for SB Nation. I don't no, care. That's good. Need that's what the people want. Yeah. That's what the White Sox fans want. They want blood, baby. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then after uh, after your year in New York, you came to L.A. Came um, to L.A. You've been doing Go shows. Dodgers. Yeah, <laughs> you've been doing shows. Uh, you've been uh, obviously during the pandemic. You've you've uh, been doing a lot of online shows. Um, mm-hmm. But you did. You have had. You went on a tour last year uh, for your stuff. Do you have any shows coming up? Um, I mean, everything's online pretty much these days, which is really cool. But I think stand-up stuff will probably be the last thing that comes back in the world. Uh, but LA is starting to allow, and California is starting to allow like outside socially distanced shows. So I have a few coming up. Um, you know, got one in Venice tomorrow, got some in San Diego next week. Uh, but yeah, just it, things are slowly kind of trying to work their way back. But who knows? It's it's going to be a process, and you know it's going to be weird. So yeah, keep an eye out. But hey, right in line with baseball season. I mean, I'm 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 excited for baseball season. You guys think the white are the White Sox going to be better? Uh, they were uh, already my, good. We're, no, that's that's the discussion that Rob and I have had each week so far. Where are they? We're on the fence about a number of things. Per, okay, so as it stands. Right now, the Chicago White Sox have the most players, nine, on the MLB.com's top 100 players list. And for whatever it's worth, that also didn't even include, you know, uh, Aaron Bummer. And uh, 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 you could have maybe argued another one or two that should have been on the list. But I also have a lot of qualms with that list because they had things, they had like Max Muncy is better than like, Lucas Giolito, I just don't see it. Anyway, well, our, yeah. our highest our highest rated player was what Tim Anderson at like twenty seven, right, or twenty four, yeah. or something like that. And it was, which is like the guy won a batting champ two years ago and was in the running this year. How is he not in the top twenty? I know. the the list is kind of a joke. But the, to answer your question, obviously there's a lot of really positive spin on what's happening in the White Sox organization these days. What is sort of disappointing, something we've touched base. Lots on. of DUIs. Lots of good. <laughs> lots of Deweys. Yeah. From uh, Larusa, who uh, obviously you know we'll, we'll touch base on that in a bit. It's not feeling great about those, rightfully so. But, I feel like that's the only one. As if you're a White Sox fan, where you got to be like, everything else seems like we got everything in place except well, this very one large piece. Yeah. Where you're like, he might not know that like things are desegregated yet. Right, <laughs> like, right. like 180 <laughs> years old, dude. And yeah. you know, he he unfortunately, I think like he has no interest in really forwarding those ideals, but. 
you know, for whatever it's worth, the Sox are like their biggest move this offseason was to replace a player that they already had in the closer. And their second right. biggest move was to trade for a pitcher who's in his mid thirties. And their third biggest move was to hire a manager who hasn't managed a baseball game in a decade. So while everybody's kind of like, okay, it looks like the Sox are really finally in contention. A lot of what, you know, we fear is that more could have and probably should have been done. Imagine if George Springer's in right field. Imagine if Trevor Bowers in the rotation. Imagine if Marcelo Zuna is, you know, swinging DH or outfield for us. It's just there was obviously a lot that could have still been done. We still have two holes in the lineup. We still have two holes in the starting rotation. The early uh, indication from camp is that Dylan Cease looks excellent. And uh, Ethan Katz has kind of like mirrored his delivery to look a lot more like Lucas Giolito, who we all know went from being the worst pitcher in baseball to a potential Cy Young winner. Yeah, after, even after a day, Grendel was was super high on Dylan Cease. He says he's close to he could be if the, if he turns out to be what they want him to be, he could be a Cy Young pitcher, a Cy Young uh, nominated pitcher, Cy Young winner. Let's yeah. let's talk, let's talk about Tony Larusa's DUI because there's been a lot of. Um, uh, rumors and reports coming out recently that says that he went off a bunch of ramps. He apparently yeah. <laughs> like GTA style was really flying through yeah. downtown Chicago, uh, full uh, on nitrous behind him as he went. Yeah. <laughs> the Dukes of hazard horn, apparently. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. So, so Larusa um, apparently when he got this DUI, how uh, old is he? How he's old 70, is he? He's turning, he's 77, just about turning 77. Yeah. He might be like, it might be one of those things like, who was that famous actor that like died mid play on Broadway? There's a, there's a famous actor who died in the middle of a play oh, and they were yeah. supposed to be asleep. They literally died. Larissa might be like mid, like yelling at a, yelling at an ump over a call or something and just straight up like, yeah. Or just, he's like, kick uh, it. he's just sitting on the bench chewing some tobacco and just, that's it. Yeah. We'll see. Um, so Larusa gets this DUI when he was working for the Angels. Uh, he told Art Moreno, the Angels owner, that he had the DUI and offered his resignation. Resignation and uh, Moreno said we're not accepting it, so he stuck with the Angels for that season, uh, for the rest of the season. And then uh, Rick Renteria gets fired from the White Sox as manager. Reinsdorf calls Larusa, says, "Are you interested in this job?" LaRusso says, I'm intrigued. He said, I'll be there in a minute. I just yeah. drank a full <laughs> case of Bud Light, but I, I'm, I'm on my way. Just drank the fifth of jo- vodka. Dare me to drive? Yeah. Were you guys mad that they fired the manager at the end of the yeah, season? No, I think, I think no. we all knew it was coming. Uh, and it's, it's, I think, um, I think getting a new manager was always the plan, just not Tony LaRusso because he'd been retired for a decade. Uh, do, do you blame him for your for a playoff? Uh, I won't call it a collapse, but let, let, uh, the playoff I think, loss. Let's I think put a, you, I put a, I I think of it this way: the fact that the Rays blundered taking Snell out so early is the only reason people aren't talking about how bad Rick Rick Renteria handled the bullpen. Gotcha. I think he did. I think in the last playoff game, he made some terrible moves. I will sure. say that. Um, but, but he is that interim manager. He was for the Cubs. He was, uh, for the White Sox. And the that's, developmental manager. He that, is. Hey, and he knows his stuff. At, I at you guys, he ends up in Cincinnati. <laughs> hey, at least you guys didn't set an MLB record for the first ever team, uh, to have a playoff series in which you score zero runs. So we, uh, <laughs> that's right. we actually scored zero runs in a, the first game was 13 innings. Um, zero runs. We lost zero to one. Yeah. Uh, on just a beauty, a gem of a game by Bauer. And we went ahead and never scored. Yeah. So that was course. cool and fun. That's right. Don't worry though. The wink will be back for a the while. The wink will turn it around. So, Don't okay. Worry. So John, there, Winker, baby. Shout out to my boy Jesse Winker out there. He listens to the White Sox podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. All so, of them collectively. Uh, so, uh, Apparently, Reinsdorf doesn't tell Rick Hahn, our GM, and the president, Kenny Williams, about this. Uh, he, LaRusa told uh, Reinsdorf in the interview process uh, when he was in the interviews with Hahn and Kenny, nothing came up. Uh, and they believe that Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams found out about the DUI when the media found out, which is not a good sign. And there are a no. lot of ramifications for that. 
let's just say one trust is a big issue. Um, you have uh, Rick Hahn who has laid out this plan for a super team. And then you have uh, Jerry Reinsdorf who uh, people have been arguing in recent weeks, not even recent weeks for, for a long time that, that, uh, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf is going to come in and kind of screw everything up because he doesn't want to spend because all that stuff. But now there's a whole trust issue. And apparently LaRusse has also got a two strike. He's already on two strikes. He had this DUI and they said, if you get, if something else happens, that's it. You're done. You're out of here. So yeah, his, his first strike was in 1958. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I believe he threw out the first pitch baseball ever had. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, Rob, what do you what what kind of ramifications do you see happening with this? Yeah, I mean, I think the big issue here is well, trust is obviously a major problem within the front office. I imagine that's something they discuss a lot. I think the big issue here is that Rick Hahn was brought in to finally change the direction of the team, and you know, I'm not sure if the there was a conversation that was had at some point where they decided to change course, but. They very clearly were following the blueprint of the Rays, Dodgers, Cubs, Indians. They were building an organization from the ground up, putting good talent in all levels of the minors and cultivating these young players at their own pace until window contention opened with the in- express intent of adding to that talent later and bringing in a manager who would be able to push it over the top. We get to this point where we finally have we have nine of you know, literally 10% of the best players in the league are on our team, according to MLB.com. There's no better window of contention for a team to be operational. And yet we decided to, you know, hedge our bets on, you know, resting on our laurels. I imagine because, you know, Jerry Reinsdorf is crying poor. And f- for me, from my perspective as a fan, because, you know, what do I know? I'm, I'm an actor. I literally play pretend for a living. I'm a 35 year old man, child toddler, but I, I've been watching baseball for a long time. I played for 10 years. I have some understanding of what goes into these processes, these ideals, what you want to eye as an organization. It feels like they completely deviated course. So yes, trust from Rickon's perspective must be broken, but also you paid this man a lot of money to rebuild your organization. And then you essentially pulled the rug out from under him. You're essentially telling him that, you know, when your contract's up, you might want to look for another job, just like we tell all our free agents. And at the end of the day, the Sox are going to be staring down the potential of having a a front office that doesn't operate well because Jerry Reinsdorf refuses to pay for what he needs to pay for. Yeah. Exactly. But your window is open though. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I think you have, you can, you can say like, especially coming from a market, like you see what the Dodgers do where it's just like, Open the pocketbook, pay anybody anything because you can. And I think Chicago teams should be able to bust out the checkbook in a way that teams like my team, the Cincinnati Reds, or they at least claim to not be able to do. Last year was probably the first time in, in, in a very long time that I can remember the Reds really going out and getting some free agents, Bauer being one of them. Even if it is on these like one year prove it deals, we go out and get a few good guys. I'll tell you what though, you guys have all the core pieces that it takes, the, the, the important, you know, it's like, could they have busted out the checkbook and, in like, in my opinion, totally overpaid Trevor Bauer? Yes, you could. They probably could have, but, I think you, it, it's hard to write it off as, you know, we didn't go over the top. It's like, I think a change in manager, you might already have what you need. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I'm not as familiar. I'm not as familiar with y'all's team as I am with mine. All I know is the Reds this offseason. If you, you want to talk about not spending money, we let, you know, six of our role players go and replace them with literally no one. We let right. power walk out the door. And what, who do we replace them with? Uh, I'll tell you, we don't No one. We did not get anyone, <laughs> anyone. We, we, all we have done is allow people to leave and not bring anyone in. We just signed yeah. do, do little from the. Well, there's the a lot, there's a lot of correlation between our organizations. Obviously one of the things that, uh, probably ties Reds fans and Sox fans together is this sort of being in a, not a, not a small market, but you know, particularly Chicago is huge, right? No. And Cincinnati Cincinnati is a huge city too. I mean, it's a big city and yes, it's, it's, Mm. 
I mean, at least in terms of like, you know, the the 25th largest media market in the country. (laughs) You're the 25th. Y'all are the third. Yeah, no, that's true. But like, we're the second team in the city. that all, is true. All that of is focus true. goes to the Cubs. We yeah. we get made fun of all the time because the stands are empty. But when in reality, when we win, the fans are there. It's just a sure. smart fan base, blue collar that don't don't want to spend money on tickets that they don't have to. You know. Also, there's more than 15 seats on like at Wrigley. Right? <laughs> yeah, Wrigley is fill a it up. giant bar. Wrigley isn't a yeah. baseball field. It's a giant bar. Yeah, it's a museum slash porta potty. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you, I feel like if anyone wants to get really pissed at their ownership for not busting out the checkbook, it's Cubs fans. Yeah. Like, man, like uh, all these projections I'm looking at just cause I'm like trying to find any reason to be excited for the Reds this year. My only real reason is that I'm like, who knows? Maybe is because I'm, I'm like really betting that the Cubs are going to be trash this year just cause they've lost so, so many great players. <laughs> Like they have. They they're, have. They're falling apart. We're witnessing yeah. it in real time. And yeah. they have. They're ready to start. It needed over. to happen. It needed to happen. Yeah. So I uh, needed it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, pitchers and catchers reported uh, yesterday. Uh, just some cool brief things from the White Sox camp is that uh, Michael Kopech is throwing heat, uh, and the Sox are eyeing Crochet and Kopech. Uh, to be starters in the long run, Rob. I don't know if you read that, but it's pretty cool. Crochet is going to start out of the bullpen, but Kopech is looking to be the fifth starter, apparently, according to Rick Hahn. Uh, All right. Cool. Question for you guys. Yes. As, as fans, we all are like itching for baseball to come back, right? Everyone is always like so excited for spring training. I know I read all the articles. I know I'm like, I'm keeping up on how guys are looking. And I feel like the last like, 10 years of reading articles. This is the first year that I'm like, I'm not, it's spring training. I love it. I will read the articles. I've, I love to go to Arizona and see the games. Like it was, it's so fun to go see these spring training games, but man, this is like the first year that I'm like, I am not going to believe a word out of whatever beat reporter says about any one of our guys, because it's their job at this point in the year to be like, like last year, they're like, Oh man, Jose Garcia, our shortstop, who's supposed to be the short, uh, shortstop of the future. He's not. He's not going to be. They're like, he's so, so good. You know, it's the same thing in like preseason football where it's like, I need, I need like live rounds in order to start judging guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're, like I you're always 100. get so hyped in spring was, training. I'm like, oh. This is the first day, and I was reading quotes about all the pitchers from La Russa and from Rickon, <laughs> and there's not a negative thought in there, which is totally fine. You don't want to throw it out there. But it's like, this guy's going to be good. This guy's going to be good, too. <laughs> so is this guy. You know, that's like, <laughs> that is all it is. That's true. Uh, yeah. Let, let's check right. in at the end of April and see how high, are, high yeah. we are on these guys once yeah. they've racked up some L's, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Oh, who was good. who was that player? Um, the, the example I always think about is the first baseman for the Detroit Tigers in two thousand and six. The only reason I remember that is because I was in Watterson Dorm at Illinois State University before I transferred to Columbia. They uh the the the, the Tigers had this first baseman whose name I escaped. Was it was it Dimitri Young? No, uh, a, a white dude who was just really really. Uh, kind of like bulky but not strong, and he hit eleven home runs in like the first ten games of the season, and then he hit one home run for the rest of the year, and everyone was saying, "Oh, this is the next Albert Pujols." This kid- sounds like my boy Aristides Aquino, baby, the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> he start, started out more more home runs to start a career than anybody. Same story. It's like as soon as people figured out like his open stance, they're like, "Just pitch him inside. He can't hit. He can't." <laughs> He literally can't hit if you just throw inside. And then he never hit again. And then we sent him back to the minors. Uh, oh, I think I found him. I think I found him using the power of the internet. Uh, Chris Shelton. Chris, Chris Shelton. Shelton. Sure. Everyone Chris Shelton. thought. Blake's brother. Blake's brother. Blake, Blake Shelton's brother. <laughs> he, hit, he hit like 150 home runs in three games. And everyone was like, you know, oh, Mickey Mantle has been reborn. And then. That's. You That's know, the beauty and the terrifying thing about baseball, though. Exactly. Think, yeah. Like, 
Like, yeah, you know, I'm a big Reds fan. I, I try to listen. I listen to or watch like too many games. Every I try to do it every time they're on. Right. You love the sport. Love the team. I love it. Last, but like I said, we had six straight years of terrible losing seasons, like ninety <laughs> loss at least seasons. For like the last six years. Last year, even though the COVID shortened season, it made it really crazy. The NL had the DH, which was really fun. Like I've never watched my team have a consistent DH. So that, you know, we were terrible with it, but it was still fun to watch. But like we went on like that, that run where in a normal season, rattling off like 11 wins and, you know, 13 games. You kind of like remember like, oh yeah, we had a fun May. Whereas last year I was like, we rattled off 11 of 13 and, and snuck in the playoffs. You know what right. I mean? I, was like, <laughs> like, I, I am excited though to just have a full season again. Oh yeah. It's going to be and great. I, and and I'm really excited to hear about your thoughts on the upcoming season, which we're going to do in just a second. We're going to take a quick break. Oh, sorry. We're going to be right back with the man, Luke, the truth. No. What's up, everybody? We are back getting a countdown from Luke the Truth. Uh, we were just talking about, um, the Reds prospects for the season. And I'm curious, uh, as a, a fan of a team that is sort of built similarly, for whatever it's worth, whether or not you'll compete this year or, uh, notwithstanding, you guys have some good talent in your farm system and the future looks bright. What, what do you see coming out of the Reds organization in the year 2021? So I think that a lot, like I said earlier, we mostly lost talent and did not replace it. So as far as the free agency goes, we, you know, we got worse, not better, but that is kind of par for the course for us. Last year was kind of a, a, a blip on the radar in terms of we went out and signed a bunch of guys, signed Shogo Akiyama, got Castellanos, got Bauer, got brought in some guys, right? And our pitching was just, nasty last year our starting rotation it's hard to find a better one in 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 the nl definitely can, can uh, nick lodolo or hunter green make their way up to the majors this year i'm excited to see if lodolo makes it up this year i think he i i want to see him I'm, i've just been so excited and he, he's one of the ones that's always hyped in the articles i think they ranked him like the 101st best prospect this year or whatever <laughs> like he like didn't make the top 100 list but i'm like i'm pulling for you my dude you lanky weirdo um <laughs> I, I, I think a lot of the reason why i am kind of excited for baseball season in the red specifically this year is because I think the NL central is going to probably be ass. And so because <laughs> of that, anything can happen. You know what do, I mean? Like, do you think there's a runaway favorite in the division or is it just wide? Yeah, open? it is. And it, and it was the sign. It was the Arenado signing, uh, part, oh. put the Cardinals uh, at the pretty much like, okay, the Cardinals are probably going to take the division, but Everything else is like kind of in flux. Pittsburgh looks like they are in absolute free fall. The Reds, I think it's easy to write us off as like, yeah, we lost Bauer. You have Sonny Grant and Luis Castillo at the top of your rotation. Those are two absolutely. Really yeah, I mean, we still have a pretty solid. I mean, we lost, we lost Bauer. We lost uh, Disco Fani too. Who Disco? Love me some Disco. He was he was like our fourth starter, um, but. I'm more excited because last year, uh, you know, when, once you get in all the fun analytics and all the stuff like that, the BABIP, you know, mm-hmm. are the shift killed us, statistically speaking, like a crazy amount last year. Yeah. Like Votto, like we, we, we literally could not score Stop. if it wasn't via right. home run. We right. could only score. Like that, we lost that playoff game. We had, there were multiple times where we had a runner on third, zero outs, could not get a single, anything, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't produce a run to save our life. I think if, uh, if they expand Nick Senzel's role, I think he's due for a bounce back. I mean, I'm, I'm almost, he might be the one Reds player that I've, I'm like, I've been so hyped on him for like four years in a row now. And I just, (laughs) Watching him, I think last year was too short of a year, and he was dealt with a little bit of injury. I'm a, I, I'm I'm pulling for the guy, but he might be the one player that I'm like I don't think it's working out, man. I just okay. don't think it's. Okay. 
I'm excited for Shogo. Shogo Akiyama um, it was our, it was a Reds' first Japanese player. Yeah, yeah. That dude lit it up to end the year. He was a huge part of we of us going on a run towards the end of the year. Castellanos is nasty. Our everybody's daddy Joey Votto. He sure he's a hundred years old, but everybody's I love him. <laughs> he's every one of our dads, and so we love him. We got we got to wink. He's got an eleven foot long neck. Every home run he hits, it grows by one inch. That's science. Um, we, you know, Eugenio Suarez is nasty. He turned it on at the end of the year too. Uh, you know, most, uh, home runs by a Venezuelan all time two years ago. Uh, we, there's reason to be excited. There is, we have some hope that we won't be, be bad, but it, you know, Here's a, I, I, it's time to talk about Trevor Bauer, you guys. I'm just pulling the, well, the yeah. you, that was our next. You actually went in our running order the very next thing we we're going to talk about. Yeah. All right. I want to say this. He was a Cincinnati Red for one year. He was our only, in our 150 plus year history now, the only Cy Young winner the Reds have ever had, right? A guy who just came in as on a one year deal. Right. I knew last year he probably wasn't going to stick around, especially after the year he was having. The guy's a turd. I loved it. I, and when he's, <laughs> when he's on your team, you love it. Right. right. I think he's pretty fun. He can be pretty funny on Twitter. I am very entertained by him and it was a joy to watch that guy pitch last year. I will say once I saw him go to the Dodgers, which I knew it was going to be one of those teams that could just overpay and not bat an eyelash at it. I did think to myself, man, he benefited a lot from winning a Cy Young in a 60 game season. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. don't get me wrong. He's great. He is, he is on the, at the top of his game right now. I am a little anxious to see how he performs over the course of an entire regular season because yeah. flashback to two years ago when he was with the Indians it wasn't pretty or with, you know, or with, you know what I mean? Like, I guess he was he, with us for two years, I guess. A year um, and a half. Yeah. Cause he was traded yeah, from the Indians. Two seasons. When he, it was 2018 when he really started finding his groove. And then he was with the Indians had a, had a decently high ERA. Like I, I would say, I want to say like maybe high three years or four, which is okay. But when he was trading to the reds, it fell apart. He was throwing, uh, he had a six ERA when he was he, there he, for he that a, half season. Yep. He came out looking pretty rough with us. Um, after he threw the, the ball over the, you know, after the trade happened, after he launched that ball. Uh, but yeah, he, he, you know, he has all these videos that he plays, you know, he, that's something I, I admire about the guy is he'll put out videos of like trying to help young pitchers. And, you know, he had that whole thing where he's like, if you ever see a guy's spin rate go through the roof overnight, he's cheating somehow. And yeah. guess what? His spin rate went through the <laughs> through roof, the roof overnight. overnight. <laughs> and, but here's the thing is he, it was so fun to watch and he really was tearing people apart this, this past season. And, yeah, but I, I, we'll see if it, if he can keep that up. You know, I think they overpaid. I think I agree. You know, I agree. I think he's, I think his work that he did last season warrants overpaying. Um, but I, I think the Dodgers played it perfectly, giving him a three year deal. Yeah. And he cannot opt out. out. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's so yeah. perfect. He, I am. Not you know, a clubhouse we'll guy, you know. He's not a clubhouse guy. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even say that. Honestly, I really, as much of a turd as he is, I think, and he is a hothead and an, an ego case. I'm more. I think part of it has to do with. Uh, maybe this is just me being biased because I, but I think like being in Cincinnati and kind of being out of the spotlight a little bit was good for him. I'm. I wonder if he now that he's back on like in the spotlight on the Dodgers big deal coming off a Cy Young win like I want to like let's see if this pressure you got all eyes on you now it, you know when you go to Cincinnati no one's watching you man it's just us watching you and we right. we ate it up and we loved it but it's like you know that's why it's hard to win a Cy Young there but it's also like I don't know, man. The pressure wasn't on you the same way it's about to be, you know? Right. We'll right. see. I, yeah. I, I, I hope the best for the guy. I sound salty right now. Uh, <laughs> I would have obviously liked to see him come back, but I knew he was gone and I yeah. was cool with it, you know? Well, you know, it's funny you say that too. The first piece I wrote for SB Nation was actually about the Sox 
being able to solve their problem in the rotation by trading for Bauer. Three days later, they or signing Bauer. Three days later, they traded for Lance Lynn. So that pretty much derailed that occurring. But I have the exact same perspective on how I would view Bauer as a Sox fan with him leaving, as you just described as a Cincinnati fan watching him leave. Yeah, I think obviously this. Yeah, he left a big hole that we didn't find anyone to replace it with. So that sucks. Like going from a Cy Young winner to not to we don't know who the starting rotation will be rest of right now. So it's like, okay, cool. That sucks. That's like, even if we replaced it with some, you know, low, you know. Well, listen, nobody. there's a very good chance that Luis Castillo is on the move next. And that actually, that would be good for you guys. You will be able to turn him into so much prospect capital if what Chris Sale brought in is any revelation to what that might be. But that, know. that that's, that's a decent segue to something else we were open to talk to you about tonight. Uh, we have a new segment that Bill decided to create called Trust or Bust. Yes, and sir. we basically want to walk through some trades that happened in the, in the history of our two teams and sure. in hindsight, how you perceive them. Yeah. So look, I'm going to run down three trades for you here between the okay. Reds and the White Sox. Here we go. In 1998, the White Sox mm-hmm. trade Mike Cameron. I'm sorry, the Red Sox tra- trade or the Reds trade Mike Cameron. Mm-hmm. To the White Sox for Paul Konerko. Looks like Bill they, was smoking with you guys before that. <laughs> uh, Cameron, Cameron spent one year with the Reds. I get it's you. true, but do you know why he spent one year with the Reds? Because we used him to trade for the kid, baby. Yeah. So I'll so, tell you what. I, I I don't view it as a bad. You know, we we had to bring the kid in somehow. You know, the homecoming had to happen. So you would say trust, even though the White Sox, I think. Player for player, absolutely benefited more. If it led to some of the only positive Reds memories of my life, that I'm I'm cool getting, you know, I'm cool I, with a. a, a, a I say that's watch. I say both teams came out on top in that deal. That, that's absolutely. ideal. That's, that's ideal. And the guy, that's a trust. Yeah. That's trust. That's trust. That's trust. 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 Uh, okay. Next trade in 2016, the White Sox acquired third baseman Todd Frazier, the Todd father from the Reds, uh, in a three-team mm-hmm. trade involving the Dodgers. The White Sox sent second baseman Micah Johnson, outfielder Trace Thompson, uh, the right-handed pitcher Frankie Montes to Los Angeles. The Reds received infielders Brandon Dixon, Jose Peraza, and outfielder Scott Schleber, Shebler. Shebler. Yeah. Yeah. Trust or bust. Uh-huh. So none of those guys are on the Reds uh, four <laughs> years later. So, uh, and I'll say this too: a, a shout out to good old the the Frage, the Frage, Todd Frazier, the man, the Todd father. He, uh, like I said, most of my Cincinnati sports fandom is littered with horrific letdowns, playoff collapses, <laughs> in total embarrassment. My whole life. The Todd father provided us the city of Cincinnati um, with one really great positive memory, which was him winning the home run, the home run derby in Cincinnati, yeah. uh, which was legitimately like I remember that night, like I ju- and just loving it. So any t- like seeing him go is sad because. Yeah. We loved him, but I, any, he, he's been everywhere. That team oh, yeah. has been on, on every team since. Yeah. I feel like you, he was not with you guys for very long. No, uh, no, just a he couple did, seasons. He did play well in his first year for us, but I actually think, I actually think that, um, LA getting Frankie Montes is the best, the best partner in that trade deal. Right. So Rob, what would you say? Trust or bust? I, for the Sox, that's a trust. Sure, Reds. It's a bust. Peraza, Peraza yeah. was the king of swing. Pop it up on the first pitch, baby. <laughs> first pitch out, easiest right. out. The third trade uh, in 2008, the White Sox trade for the king of swing, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, the Reds receive pitcher Nick Massett and infielder Danny Rashar in return. Look, by the time the kid arrived in Cincinnati. His best baseball was already behind him. So if, so I, and I'm, I'm saying that with the most love. He had some great years with the Reds for sure, but it, 
when people look at his career, he's a mariner. You know what I mean? Like he, right. he the mariner. So the fact that we offloaded old old the kid to you guys at the end of his career honestly we're just sharing the love we just want him to be part of your guys's story too Look, the reds um, the reds won that trade without a doubt nick masson ended up being a decent reliever yeah i mean and also i'll say this though that that i think the i would say trust because of the white Sox, specifically because of who ken griffey is and because it was a guy the reds were doing senior? something they were uh they they gave ken griffey jr a shot to play on a a team that was headed to the playoffs to get him a a possible championship it didn't happen which is a bummer but to also witness one of the greatest baseball players of all time in your favorite team's uniform is the greatest feeling of all time speaking of that barry larkin they just announced this year is going to be uh our play-by-play or our color that's awesome. Well, Honestly, going from Tom Brenneman, like uh, homophobic <laughs> slurs to Barry Larkin, like give it to me. Yeah, that's yeah. Let, yeah. Give it to me. Total or, upgrade. I, I would say poor Brenneman, but boy, do I not feel bad for him at all. Oh, oh man, I've had a deep drive. Also, <laughs> the deep the deep drive is center field and it makes it a three of all game. Whatever. I love that. I, I was listening to that as I was going for a jog live, and oh. I was like. No, did he? No. Oh gosh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I was like scrolling through um, Reddit, and that's what it was. It was like, did someone just say that? Because I think it was. Uh, it's it's funny because Marty Brenneman, his father, is a Hall of Fame announcer for the Reds for forty five years or something. Much beloved, everyone in the city loves him. Marty's face is all over town. It's just one of those situations where it's like your son's such a such a turd you know what i mean yeah don't tom with an a silent h like get out of here man he's a turd he's a turd he's a with turd. a silent h he's a turd the all the reds fan base uh, whenever you see anything written about him they always capitalize the second h it's always lowercase <laughs> t capital h o m whenever you see it so now you're in on our joke anytime you see his name written by i'm um, honored he's a reds fan yeah uh, speaking of being in on things, we uh, close our shows with a segment that we would love for you to be a part of this week. Uh, we call it the bottom nine, where we just kind of talk about things that are, have nothing to do with baseball, and, uh, what's going on in the sports world. Love to hear your thoughts on what's going on uh, in the football world. Uh, I'm not sure if you're a big football fan, but... Um, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. As a Bengals mm-hmm. fan, I'm assuming, right? Uh, yeah. wh- what are your thoughts on uh, Carson Wentz going to the Colts? Honestly, I think it's pretty funny. I hope, I honestly hope he goes to the Colts and tears it up. I hope he's like, just comes out. He He might. He is. Frank Reich is a great head coach. And I always said Peterson kind of escaped on Nick Foles' back for that, that, that Nick Foles, who, who, by the way, is not that good. (laughs) He's just not that good. It turns out. Yeah. It turns out that he's not good. Yeah. it is very – I feel like only in Philly can you be such a hero and have a statue of yourself put in outside of the stadium. And within less than five years, you are the most hated guy in the city. You know I, what I mean? Not invited anymore. Like only in Philly. Like if Marvin Lewis had won a single playoff game with the Bengals, like all of the buildings downtown would just be his face. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> – like our bar is so low. Daddy Marvin Lewis. Oh, I'm, I'm, give it to me. Yeah, give it to me, Daddy Marv. Um, Bill, this is actually a question a little more for you. I don't know if you saw this, but um, the Bulls made a huge comeback, biggest of the season this year, 25 points to beat the de- terrible Detroit Pistons. Uh, but Jeremy Grant did put up a solid what 43 points, 47 points, something like that. It shouldn't even the 25 point comeback shouldn't even happen. Well, what does this spell out to you? What does this mean? Um, that, uh, we are, uh, working out some kinks. I know we've talked about this before, but I think that, that, uh, the fact that, uh, Levine had to come in and do it, have a lead, a 25 point comeback is like that. We got to get another big guy in there. I mean, they need a lot. I feel like I've, I've watched more NBA this year than I have in a long time. And I'm like, I feel like I've seen, like, you know, it's bad when I'm seeing more coverage of like the Charlotte Hornets and stuff than the Bulls. You know? right. The Hornets look great this year. 
Hey, dude. LaMelo, dude. Shooting the lights out. LaMelo ball. Is like rookie of the year favorite. It's crazy. So cool. But I, yeah. I, I don't want Lamelo to be good. But I'm like, all right, I guess Lamelo's good. You know <laughs> I, what? I, good. I didn't either. But he's super chill compared to his he's fun. brother. He's super chill, and I respect yeah. that. I mean, I like growing Lonzo up too. in a household where he's probably like, you know, being talked down at by Lonzo and pops. He's like the man who's showing up right now. It's pretty tight. But I like yeah. Lonzo too. Lonzo's cool. I like Lonzo too. He's just not very good. He's not very good. He's, no. Bad shooter. I like the Pelicans though. Are you are you a hockey fan at all? You know, again, this year, uh, because I have nothing better to do, one of my best buddies like, you gotta jump on the Columbus Blue Jackets, dude. <laughs> I'm like, all right, so I'm a BJ CBJ fan, dude. Jumping on. Columbus, but also the capital great. Of a beautiful city. Spent a little time there myself. Columbus Columbus is fun. Columbus is good downtown, it's where my mom's from. Uh but definitely loved seeing the Blackhawks win, you know, their dynasty while it was going on while I was living in Chicago. So, uh, the Blackhawks, that awesome team definitely was like, um, it was the first time I ever got to be in a city that won a championship. And I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, this looks fun. It was pretty this cool. Looks they've, cool. They've also won their last three in a row, Rob. How do you feel about that? I like the looks of this team. They're young. They are young. And, and talk about working out the kinks like the Bulls. By the way, I think the Bulls have a really bright future, but like you I said, agree. they need a big man. Wendell Carter Jr. is not a true center, and I just don't see Larry Markkinen staying healthy long enough to make that last. The, Haw- the Blackhawks are, they have so many great, young, speedy, athletic, sharp shooting players that will need time to develop to get really good, but the, the future looks bright for the Hawks. I'm impressed. They look good. Uh, yeah, I am too. What, what about uh, the Bears? Oh, get, get out of here. Come on. Yeah. We're, we're, I'm praying for Deshaun Watson. It's not going to happen. Um, it, it might. It, it, listen, if we, if we trade three or four first round draft picks and Nick Foles. What if Fitz Magic? What if Fitz Magic <laughs> to the Bears? But if we, if we, if we trade for Deshaun Watson after passing on him eight picks too early in the draft four years ago, I honestly, I I would be ashamed to be a Bears fan at that point. He he didn't like he didn't like titties enough, you know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, back to baseball for a quick second. Uh, okay, Bill. Uh, you saw this, I'm sure. Fernando Tatis Jr. just signed a 14 year, 14 year, three hundred and forty million dollar contract. Insane. Personally, I think is a steal. Because if you think about what contracts are going to be worth in 10 years and the fact that this kid is literally 21 years old, 22 years old, I, I don't know. I, I, I well, would do the same thing. But here's, here's, here's what I'll say. How much money I just saved. This, yeah, that, that's exactly. The Sox saved a lot of money with that. But also, also. I him every um, day of that. He's worth but, uh, four, contracts are, I know. Yeah. Contracts are also going down. The average contract is now losing uh, in salary. So people are getting signed for less money than they did the previous years before. I don't know what this contract does to the average of that. I'm sure it bumps it way up. But the first four years, he takes uh, like one, four, five, and seven million dollars with a $10 million signing bonus. And then he bumps up to the high annual value like four or five years down the road. So he's just got to play good ball for four years. He doesn't I even mean, have to. <laughs> <laughs> any time, oh. like I think we back in the day, I think we had signed Votto on a ten-year deal or a nine-year deal or something like that. And I was like, I was like, oh man. And we're like getting towards the end of that deal, but I'm like, it a ten-year deal is such a commitment. I know, obviously, there's thing, there's times where they can opt out or they can there, there there's th- there's clauses built in to the contract if things aren't going, you know, you know, how much of it's actually guaranteed and blah, 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 and all this incentives and all that stuff. But it's like 14 years is wild. I love That's- it. I love it. And, and and here's what I'll say. You need a franchise player. Machado, who you gave the money to and the time to anyway, is not as good as Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando yeah. Tatis Jr. isn't just incredible at baseball. He's got the smile. He's got mm-hmm. the charisma. He's got the endorsement, endorsability factor. Mm-hmm. He's a good kid. He's great. He's, fun. He's worth every penny to that franchise. And now the Dodgers are biting their nails. Because the truth is, they also have a very similarly built 
young team. They're still youngish. They have a lot of good young talents on their farm system. A lot of players who haven't really developed yet. Gavin Lux, uh, Brigitte Groderall, whatever his name is. They have a good young core. Dustin May. Uh, they're going to continue to be good for a few years, but now the, the best shortstop in baseball is playing across town and that's scary for them. I, I, I say good on the, do- the Padres for making that happen. Yeah. Good. Good for them. It's going to be a nice division to watch. Uh, it's just those two. Everyone else sucks. No, they, all, they're all, they got a long. The, yeah. the, the Giants are not going to be good anytime soon. Yeah. Um, and the, neither are the Rockies. Diamondbacks, they'll always, I think, be one of those middling teams that sits on some good young talent that comes up and will make a surprise free agent splash. But I just don't foresee them ever dominating the West over the Dodgers or Padres, at least not in the next three to five years. Yeah. On a I would love I would love to be a middling team. That would be fun. <laughs> you, yeah. You very well might be. I mean, d- don't sleep on Castellanos and um I uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think we will be we'll be flirting with 500. I just need them to be good enough to where they're watchable. That's my point. Get on the wild card. It's, it could absolutely happen. Uh, I'm I'm sure. pulling for you guys this year. Uh and uh, what? Well, go ahead, Bill. I was going to say we got some seats to fill Luke at at uh, Comiskey. So if you ever want to <laughs> hop over I don't know. We, if, if, you know, we're allowed to go back, this team is going to draw in a lot of fans. I agree. I'm confident. Agree. In that. Uh, really quick, one last note. Um, Bill, did you, did you watch, uh, any of the tennis matches that have happened lately? Did you see Serena? Yeah. Lately? It's really cool to see Naomi Osaka win, but, but, uh, uh, it's a bummer to always to see Serena Williams lose. I hate is Serena, it. the the goat tennis player. Is she yeah, the, absolutely? I yeah, she's so. the greatest I, of all time. Yeah. Without a doubt. Greatest of all time. Yeah, Father Time's undefeated. Father Time's undefeated, though. <laughs> so Father Time and then Serena. Except Tom Brady. Tom Brady, Father Time, <laughs> Serena. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, guys. Listen, this has been an absolute pleasure. I want to take uh, a, a moment to thank Luke. Luke, the truth, Null. The truth, baby. For being thank you here. for having me. No, man. It's been yeah, a yeah, thank huge you. honor. Huge fan of you and your work. Um even better person, and it's just been such a great time talking with you here today. Uh, rooting for your Reds this year, uh, really and truly. Uh, honestly, I, I kind of have always liked the Reds. I play MLB The Show a lot, and if I'm going to be a National League team, I, I pick the Reds every once in a while. Um, uh, I, I'm going to be pulling for you guys this year for sure. Hey, we'll we'll see you guys in the World Series, this Reds-White <laughs> uh, Sox World Series. We'll do another Black Sox thing where yeah, you guys will throw yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, we'll, it will still count for us, but it will be uh, the one of the worst uh, professional sporting um, scandals of all time. How did yeah. we not really talk about the Black Sox scandal today? Well, we'll you know we'll maybe have to have you back another Next time. time. Yeah, yeah, we'll just break down the hundred year old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what a treat to have you, brother! Thanks for being here. Um, uh, as usual, uh, I have been Bobby. I've been Bill. And uh, we thank you all for joining us. Take care, Sox fans. Wear a mask. Take care of each other. We will see you next time.